Hello, everyone. This is Rachel back again. Um, I'm just going to fire these episodes off one after the next, hopefully, to get through these opioid addiction episodes. Um, I apologize for crying like a little bitch last night that when I recorded the last episode. Um, I'm really, really, really hoping that you know, you guys resonate with this, or maybe you know someone that resonates with this or is struggling with addiction themselves, or, you know, maybe would be the parents of an addict or whatever the case may be. But I, well, I guess before I go ahead and dive back into part two, um, for any of you new listeners that haven't heard of any of my other episodes or know what I'm about, again, my name is Rachel and I'm an empath. I'm a mom of four boys. I'm spiritual witch bitch, um, psychic, uh, psychic medium. I am an intuitive energy healer, um, or life coaching or, um, I guess I, well, I offer a variety of services, also crystal healing. Um, I've been throwing around the idea of possibly, creating some type of like workshop or even just like a little mini like PowerPoint presentation that I was, you know, could offer for whoever, you know, would be interested, whether you are on your own healing journey or whether you're just looking to learn ways to, you know, self-help or expand your, um, just like expand your well-being, I guess, or like, um, I don't know. We'll see. Either that or I will just continue on with what I'm doing, really. Um, I'm really hoping that, you know, like I don't really need these episodes or, you know, content to go viral by any means. But I really, really hope that if you do know someone who's struggling or if you know someone like down through the grapevine that is struggling, like please send them the link to these this or please just forward the message so that, you know, my name and these episodes can reach a further crowd because I feel like a lot of freaking people are struggling like badly, like exactly how I was when I was in that place from the journals I was reading last night. But anyways, without further ado, I'm going to dive right on back in to my next journal entries. Um, I'm going to try really hard not to cry so much this time. I like, I went back and listened to it this morning. I was like, oh my God, all you can hear is me just sniffling. So I got my tissues on hand, ready to rock and roll. But yeah, here we go. So we ended it last night with, um, oh shit, where'd it go? I ended it last night and I'll open with this again right now. The last part of the journal entry said, this is my recovery, so I will do what I need, when I need, however I need, period, end of story. And I will openly and willingly listen to any opinions or observations that are voiced to me, but I will not let it bring me down. No one can ever dull my sunshine. No one is in charge of my happiness. No one can make me feel less of myself. No one can dictate my sobriety. I am responsible for my own happiness sobriety and recovery. And I will never, ever forget that. So pretty powerful, pretty powerful words. 
And, I, you know, I just now realized this as I'm like reading this again, like no one can ever dull my sunshine. Isn't the saying usually just dull my shine? I, like, ironically enough, I just felt the need that my, you know, entrepreneur name had to have the word sunshine in it. I don't know why, but I'm not crazy about the three E's of the M, but copyright reasons. And I don't want to step on anybody else's toes that's trying to do the same thing with the same name or whatever, you know, and I figure three E's, I give birth to three boys. So that's like, if any of you were wondering why I had the obnoxious amount of ease at the end of it, that's why. But moving on along here, actually, I want to add in here one more thing too. Um, uh, you know, if I, or if you know me personally, you know, in real life, or if you, uh, I don't know, I just don't, I really hope that people don't take this the wrong way or they don't, you know, interpret something that it's not or they don't feel offended or they don't, you know, feel like I'm attacking anybody because that's not my intention whatsoever. That that will never be my intention because that's just not that's just not what I believe in and not how I want to live my life or like portray, portray myself. But at the same time, like, you know, we're talking about the people, you know, that judge you and belittle you and try to make you feel bad and, you know, rub salt in your wounds. For those people, uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't care. Take it as you wish. You can be offended if you want. You can think I'm talking shit and I'm just this, what a monster. I really don't give a fuck. So you go read your Bible and be all religious and act like you're just so high and mighty. We all answer to the same higher power when we leave this earth. So you can deal with whatever answers you got to come up to or, you know, whatever you have to greet at the door with the shit that you've done. And I have to do the same. And it it's simple as that. Like, uh, like what other people do with their life, the decisions that they make, the lives they lead, the character that they portray to be, that's on them. And you should not worry yourself or even waste any energy at all concerned with what they think of you or seeking for their approval or their acceptance. Fuck that. Okay. Nobody's got time for that. And if you do end up living in that state of mind, pleasing other people, trying to appear, you know, that you got your shit together and trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, and live your life for other people, you're going to live a really sad and lonely life. And I don't think that anybody deserves that. You know, as I said here, you know, last night as I was reading them and just talking about, you know, like the engagement ring shit or the, the detox shit, like, I don't think you guys realize how hard that really was to just like grow the balls to freaking share this like with anybody. Like, you know, anybody could listen to this and anybody could, you know, I don't know. I just hope that everybody takes this the right way. And I hope that every single one of you, whether you're an addict or not, or whether you know someone that's an addict or not, I really hope that maybe you guys can find healing in your own ways, even, you know, for the self-help stuff or just the taking the time to journal. Like we all have the ability to connect with spirit and the higher, you know, the realm, like every single person on this earth has a higher self. Every single person on this earth has spirit guides. Everyone has the ability to connect to archangels or ascended masters or, 
just the universal energy. Like every single fucking one of us has the ability to. You are the only one that has the capability of making it happen. Like you have to, it's like a job, you know, you have to show up in the morning. You got to put the work in. You got to get dirty. You got to roll your sleeves up. You got to get pissed sometimes. You got to get fed up and just over it sometimes because anything that's worth it and good in life don't come easy. I mean, it's simple. Like, and I feel like a lot of you need to know also, I'm like rambling on here, but I feel like a lot of you and myself included in the past, like I would get so caught up with like the technical terms of things or the, um, like all of the minimal side things, like the little, I'm trying to think of how to explain this. Um, like you want to present yourself correctly. You want to, you know, obtain your reputation. You want to look good to everybody else. You want to say the right words you know, make the right actions, so on. However, like when it comes to spirituality and stuff, less is more. Okay. Like as simple and short and sweet and to the point is the way to go when it comes to expanding your spirituality and connecting to the higher power and receive that healing from the divine. And don't get like this, um, don't get discouraged. Don't get, you know, down in the dumps. Don't don't give up so easily. You have to make the commitment and make this a priority. Make yourself a priority. Make your healing journey a priority. Make you time above anything else. So yeah, the kids need baths. They need to get ready for bed. They need to be fed. Guess what? So do you. So yes, go ahead and take care of them first but you better fucking do the same for yourself afterwards and be in it wholefully and soulfully. Like it's really hard to think about nothing. If you think about it, like, it's really hard. It took me a minute to be able to tone and dial in to the emptiness and the quietness and the stillness and really appreciate that, like that stillness because in that moment and in that quiet and calm and serene times, that's when the magic happens and that is when your DNA starts healing at like a super fucking speed of light, fast speed. And it, I mean, it's just, it's the way to go. It may not be the only way to go, but it's my way to go. So, I mean, every single person is different also and every single person has different psychic abilities, not even psychic abilities, even just like we are all able to tap into our senses. We are all able to be connected with our higher self. We're all able to have that shadow death and rebirth and, you know, get to enlightenment, ascend, prosper abundantly and, you know, for wealth and not even wealth or materialistic things, but just like a happy, healthy, functioning soul that is just kicking ass in life, helping others, raising vibrations, you know, we, I don't know. We are all capable. That was quite a freaking tangent. But anyways, here we go. I'm going to dive right in here. So this is on Thursday, July 18th, 2019. I wrote, I went to group from nine to noon and then I had to wait at Walgreens forever. It was really annoying. 
I went and spent the last dollar to my name to get groceries to make supper for my family, all to find out that we were going elsewhere for dinner. I know this may sound really stupid and petty, but it is what it is. Um, my, my cousin, I won't say her name until I get her permission that it's okay. But it, I wrote, she has watched the kids all week so that I could go to group. Thank God for her. I appreciate her and I love her more than she will ever know. And I know we have our fallouts and our difficulties from time to time, but I respect her and I cherish her and I love her dearly. Um, <laughs> damn, I've come to learn that I really miss smoking weed a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> what the hell? Oh yeah, well that's because I um when I left detox and then I got signed up for outpatient therapy, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to have like any drugs in my system. You know, weed was legal, whatever. So I think I only smoked like a couple one hitters in like the four day span from after the time I got home from detox. And then when I started outpatient therapy, so I go in and like, I do the drug test and she's like, well, you failed. And I was like, like, that's literally physically impossible. I was like, I, I was in detox like that whole time. And then I was home for those couple of days, but I was like, you have to do this test again. Like, obviously something is not right because I swear on my children's life. Like I haven't done anything. And they're like, Oh, well it failed for marijuana. I was like, Oh, oopsie, oopsie. I'm like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. She's like, no, no, no. She's like, you know, you have to be in this completely like no, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No bullshit, like zero tolerance. She's like, I'm going to let it slide because that's not even your drug of choice. She's like, you know, there's no opioids in your system. So you're good. So she gave me a second chance for that. And I'm so thankful and glad that she did. But anyways, so then we continue on. I write, nothing would make me happier than if we could just stay civil and come up with some kind of agreement that we're both okay with. I feel deep down in my heart that it really could be possible. However, I'm really not sure that he will be able to communicate and co-parent the way that we both know is necessary. I forgot to add last night that it didn't end the greatest. Uh, my ex still thinks, still seems to think that I actually had the time or energy or desire to cheat or talk to other dudes or whatever. So he wanted to hook my phone up to the iCloud to try searching for any little goddamn thing that he could to start another war and make himself feel better for all of the bullshit he has put me through and the hurt he has caused me. I know that I am extremely responsible for this relationship to sink and fail miserably, but it's not 100% solely my fault either. God damn it. He can try dragging me through the dirt and try making me feel as shitty as he possibly wants, but I know that I'm going to tackle sobriety and move forward as a better person, even though I'm struggling immensely emotionally and psychologically and mentally right now. I will not give up. Tomorrow is a new day. Stay busy and do something fun with the kids, goddammit, and don't forget to relax, bitch. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Um... And that's another thing, like, just FYI, I'm sure everybody freaking knows this nowadays, but if your other half is, like, coming at you sideways and accusing you of this and accusing you of that, when you're a mom of three kids and, like, you know, you, you when the fuck are you going to find time or energy to literally cheat? Like, seriously. Like, I don't even have time to take a shit by myself or a piss by myself without banging on the door. Like, 
I couldn't even fathom. And I, but aside from that, you know, I've never cheated on anybody my entire life. And I, I pride myself of that. And I've always been loyal and, you know, honest. And I've just been faithful. And I think that's why I date people that go fucking nuts when they don't work out because like they know that they just lost a real bitch. And like, I really honestly think that he was doing that because most men do or females too, you know, they're going to come at you sideways when they are the ones with the guilty conscience or when they are the ones trying to hide the secrets or make sure they can find some dirt on you. That way, when you come back with them or to them about the shit that they were doing, that way they can have an excuse or, you know, a like, uh, what do you want to say? Like, so they can just have something to come at you with, to throw in your face, to be like, well, you did this, well, you did that. Well, that didn't work out for him because there wasn't shit. And I, you know, I've never even remotely, not even remotely, not even close. Like I didn't even entertain, you know, somebody, cause you know how dudes are, no offense guys, but like y'all are thirsty as fuck. And you know, the random messages. Oh, you're so beautiful. How are you doing today? I just want to see how you're doing. Oh, you're fine. Like, thanks. No, thanks, bruh. (laughs) Like, even if we weren't together, like I'm flattered, don't get me wrong. And I really do appreciate it. And it makes, you know, it makes any woman feel good if it's sincere. But then there's those other guys that are just like, God damn, man, give it the fuck up. Like you think after the first, maybe second, third tops time that like I literally don't respond you see it on red or I just straight delete it then you still have the audacity and the balls to try to like continue and make small talk it's like I ain't got time for that I, I, don't, I don't know I'll never be that kind of person I'm sorry but I got better shit to do with my time and my day and yeah so guys don't do that shit to girls okay by all means if you see a hot chick or you see someone you like and you have a sincere compliment Sure. Lay it on her. Don't lay it on thick though. And respect boundaries. And, you know, if it is worth chasing after and going for, you'll know. Just be patient. Okay. Back to this. So, um, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So on Friday, July 19th, 2019, I started the morning with a nice good morning text from Jace. Definitely wasn't expecting that. I'm going to tell him that if he cannot refrain from being a fucking asshole to please let me know so that I can remove myself from this situation and maybe go to Henry for the weekend or something. That way we can both respect each other's boundaries. I am really, really hoping and praying that we can have a good weekend and make memories. And then the next line down, ha, what a fucking joke. Should have known better, huh? no clue what happened. I didn't write anything else about that. And then the next entry says opportunity. Oh, wait, what? He wouldn't give me any motherfucking opportunity to explain that when I went to get my rings back, uh, from the pawn shop or whatever, blah, 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 about the detox. Um, he was not hearing it. Uh, okay. So, He wants, or yeah, he wasn't about to listen to anything that I had to say because he wanted the excuse and he got it. He got exactly what he wanted. He wanted to go out and get fucked up as usual. I am so fucking over this bullshit. It is so goddamn hard to be positive and want to try working shit out, but it's pretty fucking impossible to do when both of us have to heal differently. 
It's just heartbreaking. I know this mainly is my fault and I will have a ton of grief, remorse, and shame and guilt on my conscience that may or may not ever go away. But all I can do is focus on the good, stay occupied, and focused on the kids and myself. Tomorrow is a new day. I still say that often. Like whenever I'm having a shitty day or my kids are having an off day or whatever. Because it's true. I mean, like I know I said it in a previous episode. Like we are the only ones that have the ability to make shit happen and change shit and, you know, manifest things, release things, heal things. And like, we get to decide what kind of day we're going to have when we wake up in the morning. And I am a firm, firm, firm believer that there is good in every day. Whether you have a shit ass horrible day, there is still just as many things to be grateful for and thankful for and appreciative of than there are bad. So, you know, if the choice is yours, I mean, you wake up and you're either going to tell yourself today's going to be a good day. I'm ready for whatever comes at me. I'm going to handle things gracefully. I'm going to handle things professionally and positively. I'm not going to get, you know, the shitty situations that I'm in, you know, eat me up or get the best of me. Or you can wake up and say, fuck this, you know, like, oh my God, today's going to fucking suck. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I just want to lay in bed all day. The choice is yours. Like no one's going to make it for you. And I have a really hard time sympathizing. I mean, well, I say that, but I'm an idiot because I'm a liar because I do sympathize like with everyone, regardless of what a piece of shit they may be, just because I know what they could be capable of. And I know how they could be doing like so much better in life, but they just don't, we just want to shake some, shake them sometimes and be like, wake up. Like you are in charge of your own life. Like no one's going to do it for you. And people that rely on other people for, you know, gratification or acceptance or validation. Like, I mean, I used to be one of those people. I still have to like consciously make the effort to not ever be like that. Like, that's why I am very adamant on responding appropriately and not just coming back at whatever, you know, the person is or the situation is like, I will pause and I will take a deep breath for two seconds before I respond. It's so weird. I just looked at the clock when I said that and it was two, 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 two. But I'll, I'll pause for two seconds and that's all it takes. That's literally all it takes for you to have the ability to like reel it in, gather your thoughts, pause before speaking because you don't want to talk, just, you know, whatever the fuck comes out of your mouth because odds are it's going to be from your ego and not from your higher self. So remember that next time you're in a heated ass discussion or conversation and you're about to just go for the jugular with your words, like don't just why is it going to cause you more good or more negativity afterwards? Is it going to cut other people down and affect other people negatively, even if they are at fault and they are deserving of whatever mean words by all means? Stick the fuck up for yourself if someone's coming at you sideways. Sometimes you got to say the shit that hurts. Sometimes you just got to call it like you see it. And the truth hurts. As long as you're talking shit, speaking the facts, and being as honest and open and clear as possible, then how they respond is on them. So anyways, here we go. Um, so Saturday, July 20th. 2019. I forgot to add that last night 
my dad called me in tears, so deeply upset about everything and exposing his concern and worrying. And it fucking sucked. I feel so fucking horrible for the pain and the worry and the sadness and the disappointment and the misery and the damage to the reputation that I have caused them. I made a promise to myself that I will never, ever, ever do anything to this nature to myself or to them or the other people that I love. When I got off the phone with him, I got to so-and-so's house to pick up the boys and drop Jace off. And I wrote, quote, quote, a fucked up Jace back off at his house. And on the way, I got another phone call from my brother. Definitely wasn't expecting that ever. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me when I saw his name on caller ID. It was really fucking heartbreaking and gut-wrenching to hear him upset, saying that he was also worried about me and thought that my actions were going to cause my dad to have a heart attack. He said he wasn't calling to make me feel any worse, but that I need to get my shit together and my priorities straight and do the right thing from here on out. I truly pray that my brother and I can build a positive relationship for the future. A girl can dream and hope, I guess. That makes me a little emotional um, on many different levels. Um, I'll get into that after I finish reading these. Um, Just like different perspectives that I want to address that I think are really necessary for how to go about having a conversation with a loved one or a family member or whatever or yourself with addiction. So I'll come back to that. Sunday, July 21st, 2019. How much time do I? Okay. I woke up at 8 a.m. this morning with my middle son on one on my left side and my youngest on my right side. In my childhood bedroom with the sunshine peeking in through the windows was a pretty humbling, peaceful experience. Knowing that my parents were both downstairs waiting for us to come down was a little intimidating, to be honest with you, given the phone call I had with my dad and my brother last night, but it all has gone very well so far. Yes, my dad and I didn't talk. I kind of wish that we would have went outside to have a moment, but seeing him bond with the kids was very, very touching and healing and amazing to just sit back and watch. I had a very good conversation with my mom while we were outside enjoying the fresh air. It is so fucking comforting to know that they still love me regardless of how deep of a hole I have dug myself into. My parents' friend also stopped out, which was very nice. I feel so guilty that I have isolated myself from every person in my life. It was a very bittersweet moment waking up at quote, quote, home because it was also Ironically enough, it was the 13th anniversary that my grandmother passed away. The day was hot and humid, but sunny, just like the day that she passed away. I have thought about her so much lately, and I miss her so much, and I wonder what she would say to me now if she was still around. It's really, really hard to look in the mirror still because of the damage I've done and the mistakes I've made and the embarrassment I have cast and shown in the blow to the reputation that I have caused for my family. I can never change it or take it back, but I just know and I hope and I pray that grandma, you can hear me and that you will help me get the strength to heal and move forward from this and be the better person so that I can hopefully amount to be half the woman that you were. I will be so lucky if I can at least get halfway there. I love you and I miss you so much. 
Okay. So, that was the end of the main journal entries. Uh, I mean, I do have some more, but we'll come back to that another time. Maybe. Maybe not. So, regardless of whether, you know, you are an addict yourself or you are connected some way with addiction and all of the struggles and... I guess, impacts that it has on your life. Um, You know, whether you are the addict or you are the child of an addict or the parent of an addict or sibling of, coworker of, significant other of, co-parent of, friend of, um, you know, or work in the field of, or if you are a healthcare worker helping with addicts, an addiction, um, you know, detox centers, therapy, whatever. These episodes are for you guys. Um, I hope that you guys can find healing in my pain and suffering and struggles and, you know, suffering in silence for a long time. Addiction is a disease that, I mean, it affects everybody, all different kinds of people on all different levels, you know, whether it's your emotional health, your mental health, your financial, you know, uh, I don't know, like if you are the parent of and you're paying for your child to go to rehab centers or, you know, if you're the addict and you're spending all your money on your drug of choice, it doesn't matter. But just know that we recover. We are capable of recovery and, you know, sobriety and... (sighs) Like you have to take pride in yourself and you have to find the courage and the strength to own up to your faults, own up to your shit, hold yourself accountable. Um, you know, try to make amends, try to do the right thing. And when I say you have to be like proud of yourself and like stand tall, I get that it's really hard and sounds like kind of stupid almost in a way. Like, why would you be proud of yourself when you are at rock bottom right now? But you have to be proud of the strength that it takes to acknowledge that and to step out of the darkness and to fess up to the fucked up shit you've done. You know, and you can try to make amends with people. You can try to, you know, just apologize. And some people, they may not accept your apology. They may not care to you know, take the time of day and you may have to prepare yourself to be okay with that. If that is the case, you know, and just know that it has nothing to do with you. It has more to do with them. Um, but you can only, you know, do your best and be honest and truthful and just focus on yourself more so than anything else. Um, if you are a child of an addict, You know, I think you should take care of yourself first and foremost um, and remember that it's not your fault at all. And, you know, I hope that you are able to find comfort or guidance or, you know, I hope that you have a support system and you have someone to talk to about the pain that is caused from having a parent that is an addict Um, You don't have to give up hope. You don't have to cut them out of your life or you, maybe you do, you know, that's ultimately up to you. 
but you have to start your healing process for you and you can love them regardless and forgive them for the sorry that you may never get. And that's a really, really hard thing to digest, but you love them anyway. I mean, we're all flawed. We're all fucked up. If you are a parent of an addict, you know, you need to be real. You need to be authentic and as clear as possible with your words and you have to set boundaries and you have to be willing and prepared to stick to those consequences if those boundaries are not respected. You know, I could not have done this without my parents. Like I could not even imagine not having them by my side, even though, you know, I was so goddamn embarrassed and just so shameful. And I just felt this big, you know, and like, I felt like I was the biggest fuck up disappointment, like piece of shit. Like it was really hard to even like show my face or like want to go around them or be around them because every time I would see them or even think about them, like I would be just so overcome with just like grief and guilt. And I mean, I would just beat myself the fuck up so badly. And, you know, I, I remember in detox, like when I went in, I went in with a thought process of like, I'm not talking to anyone. I will not be taking any phone calls. I don't want to talk to any of my family, any, you know, my significant other at that time. I definitely didn't want to talk to my kids on the phone. I just wanted to completely check out, like 100% check out of reality of the real world. I, I had to, I mean, I felt like I, I really had to, in order to really like hold myself accountable. And if I was going to do this like full bore and give it my all to heal and, you know, like strengthen myself and heal myself and forgive myself, I had to do it alone completely on every aspect. So it was like two or three days in and of course, my mom had called. And so, you know, I talked to her for a little while. You know, she gave me her words of wisdom, told me she still loved me, blah, 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 blah. But I already knew that. Like, I mean, my mom, I love my mom so much. And she is the glue that holds it all together. And I, you know, I believed her and I knew her and I knew that she still loved me. However, my dad, on the other hand, like, I think that is what ate me up the most. And I was most disappointed in myself. And I was mostly just aside myself from knowing that like the pain that I caused my dad and like the worry and like, you know, men tend to be not emotional or show their feelings or like, you know, they are more just kind of shut down and like distance themselves from like emotions or feeling things. And like on the phone, my mom put my dad on the phone and we sat there on the phone in silence and I'll never forget it. And like, it was just like, it was hard. Like he didn't even have to say anything. And I just, it was what I needed just to, just to know that like he did want to talk to me or just to know that he was like willing and they didn't hate me and that he wasn't going to like disown me or like, you know, just, like punish me, I guess, like just to know, even though we didn't say anything on the phone, just the fact that he sat there in silence with me while I cried. And like, it meant 
a lot to me and it affected me differently than like I would have guessed, you know, like when I hung up the phone for my dad, like that is when I like really, really hit the fucking rock bottom. Like I remember hanging up the phone and I walked to my room and I laid in that bed and I, as if the freaking physical withdrawal symptoms were not bad enough, like I have probably never cried so hard my entire life. I don't think as I did that night when I got off the phone with my dad, like I just like, I wanted to, I felt the need, like I had to, like I had to like save my face and like make it up to him and like figure out a way to like come up with a plan to get better, to heal myself because I wanted to make my dad proud and I wanted to be sub, be a person that he could be proud to call his daughter and be proud and not, and not, you know, be ashamed of the fact and like have to be punished for, you know, with consequences from the decisions that and poor choices that I made, like that wasn't on them and it never was. And like, I, you know, I, I really had a hard time dealing with that. And like, I went into my room with the detox thing and I just laid in that bed and my muscles, oh my God, my muscles hurt so bad. My head hurt so bad. I was sweating profusely. I was freezing cold, shaking, shivering, just laying in that dark room. I had a meth head that was my roommate at the time. She was like glitching the fuck out across from me. I thought, you know, if I don't get stabbed and like shanked in my sleep tonight from this crazy broad, like I'm going to be all right. But I remember just laying there listening to her talking to herself, like fucking twitching, talking, doing weird shit over there. And I just laid there with my face to the wall, just trying to cry as silently as I could. And I mean, when I tell you that my muscles hurt, like you guys, if you're not an addict or if you've never experienced withdrawal symptoms, oh my God, I think those were honestly worth or worse than the pain of shattering my shoulder realistically. Like I seriously felt like my muscles were just being shredded and like ripped. It felt like a pulling sensation. Like my muscles were pulling apart from each other. My body hurt so bad. It was so exhausted. It was just like fiending for that, for the, for the pain pills. Like, because it's just, I mean, when you take them for that long and it's just, so I don't know, I was physically in so much pain. I was mentally in even more pain, but I laid there in my misery and I, you know, I was experiencing the consequence and I was like dealing with the fucking, what happens, the aftermath of when you fuck up your whole fucking life and like blows up in your face. And like, I, I just, I cannot even like describe to you guys how much pain came crashing down into my soul. It was like a brick wall, just like boom, like I hit it going full fucking force. And I just, I evaluated and reevaluated and reevaluated my decisions, my choices, my future, what I wanted, what I wanted to believe in the whole rest of the night. And even like the next day, I remember, I don't think I left my room or my bed like the whole next day after that, because I was just like, in so much pain my soul was in so much pain. My heart was in so much pain. And I just lay there. I refused to go to breakfast. I refused to go to lunch. I refused to go to the little, like, it's not really therapy, but it's like a group, like they make you all go in and you go around the table and you do these paperwork and you talk about 
you know, your plan and whatever. Like I refused to do any of it. And I just laid there. And then like once that day ended, I think I finally came out for supper because they told me I had to. And they were like, we're not leaving here until you get up. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, can I just take a shower? Like, will that get you off my back? Like that way at least get up out of bed. They're like, no, you need to come out. So I went out and my little buddy in detox made me a toasted cheese sandwich. And we played a couple games of uh, Yahtzee. And I think, I can't remember what the other game was, but I don't know. Something just like clicked in my brain though. When I like came out and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I can sit here and I can wallow in my sorrows and I can just beat myself the fuck up until the cows come home. But what is that going to get me? Like, what good is that going to do? I'm going to leave here and I'm going to be in the same place that I was when I was stuck in that bed. And I don't like that. I didn't like that feeling. I didn't want to fucking be stuck there. So, you know, I did what I had to do. I got up. I freaking fake it till you make it face on type of thing. But it, it was tough. It was very, very tough. Like, I couldn't even begin to, like because I wanted to make amends to everybody. And I couldn't even begin to find the words that I wanted to say, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I had to lay there in my misery and I had to accept that, you know, I don't know, but I, you know, I went like, how do I begin to explain to the kids? Like why I was gone. That was a whole other fucking pain that I had to deal with. And like, you know, it's really hard to talk about. I don't even know. I feel like I am all over the place again, but like, I don't know. All I know is that like refusing to get out of bed and like laying there in my misery, you know, that can only last so long. I finally got up, like I said, came out. Then that night when or came around and I remember laying in bed that night. And once again, my muscles were fucking just, oh my God, agonizing restless legs, um, hot and cold, just miserable. But you know, that next morning I woke up. I know, I think I talked about this in one of the other episodes. I woke up and I, it just clicked my brain and I was like, I'm not going to do this. Like I'm not living in a pity party and just like sulking and I ain't doing it. It's not an option. Like I am in control of my life. I am in control of my future. And I am the only one that is going to make this shit happen the way that I want it to happen. And so I got my ass up out of bed and I came out and I went to the little nurse station thing to get our medicine. And, you know, she's like trying to give me like fucking Clonopin and fucking Xanax and freaking restless leg medicine. What is it called? Uh, oh, gabapentin, I want to say. Um, and I was like, you know, I told her, I was like, I don't want anything except for my Tylenol and my vitamin D pill. And, you know, she's looking at me like a crazy person. She's like, uh, I don't suggest or recommend doing that. She's like, we're not supposed to do that. She's like, you could have like serious, like adverse effects. I was like, I don't care. I was like, you know, just like in my other story, it's like, you can't tell me what I have to take. You can't force pills in my mouth. Like I'm a grown ass person. Like I'm telling you, I'm refusing all those medicines. I want to do this the right way and I'm fucking tough enough. I can handle it. Give me my vitamin D please. And my Tylenol please. And she's like, okay. Like, so she came to me and I, I mean, I just, I I stuck with that mindset and I fucking 
stepped up to the plate and I was ready and prepared. And I just found this like strength deep down in me from that silence of that phone call with my dad, because like, I, I wanted to do it not only for his sake, but like, I don't know. It's kind of, it doesn't really make sense. It's kind of twisted, but it's like that phone call with him in the silence was what sparked me. It like relit my freaking fire. And I'm like, I don't ever want to have a phone call like this again. I don't ever want to have to feel the fucking pain that I could feel through the phone and just the emotions that he was feeling. I, I don't ever want to do that again to myself or to him or to my mom or to anybody for that matter. But, you know, basically what I'm trying to get at here is like back to if you're a parent of a child with an addiction, you have to set boundaries and you have to like set a bottom line if those boundaries are crossed or like not respected and you have to be willing and prepared to follow through with those boundaries as painful as it may be, because whether you realize it or not, you're enabling them and you're enabling the addiction and you are just like making it progressively worse and it sucks, you know, but like that silence in that conversation was my cue that like, bitch, you better get shit together. It's time. Cause like, I can't do this. And I didn't ever want him to have to feel that way ever again. You know, even if it takes not communicating for a while or, you know, helping out in any way, shape or form, like, Because at the end of the day, as an addict, like you're the only one that can save yourself. You're the only one that can do it. And you need to be fierce about loving yourself and like meaning it, like really, really meaning it. And it's really hard when you feel like a turd and you just feel like a loser and you feel like you can't even look someone in the eye or someone that, you know, you've done wrong or that, you know, it don't matter. Like but recovery is possible and you, you have to do it. I mean, you don't have to, but like, gosh, like you don't want to have to waste this opportunity, this reincarnation to give up and then eventually probably either pass away or get incarcerated for a really long time. Like that's just a waste of your incarnation. And then guess what? You're going to have to come back again next lifetime. And you're going to have to learn them lessons again. And it may not be the same exact situation, but it'll be similar. And like, yeah, I, that shit scared me enough. I'm like, uh-uh, like never again. I learned my lesson, you know? So then Cyrus said, if you're a child of an addict, if you are a parent of an addict, um, if you're a sibling of an addict, whether you're close and bonded or not, uh, I really suggest and like recommend, and I hope that you take the time to reach out and speak up. Um, you know, I went back and forth of whether or not I wanted to discuss this or even touch on it, but I feel like siblings are really important in life. And, you know, my boyfriend, for example, and even my ex, um, for that matter, Like they are very, very close with their siblings, like very close, fiercely close. And I get jealous of that. And I envy that. And I get in my feelings about that because my sibling and I are not close. And it's not that, you know, we don't love each other because I, I do like, I I would kill for him. I don't think he would kill for me, but that's okay. Like given the circumstance, like we're totally different people on polar opposite, you know, everything. We have been like that our whole entire life. 
it's pretty crazy how you can grow up in the same house under the same roof with the same parents and live completely different childhoods. But that right there is also just another example of we all have our own traumas. We all feel things the way that we feel, which is different from the other person. We experience things. Perspective is different. Um, you know, the way that we love, the way that we learn, the way that we express ourselves is different. So you shouldn't judge another person for not seeing things the way that you see them. And being closed-minded can really, really have an effect negatively later in life, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. Like, my brother called me. I, f- I feel like I know. I mean, to this day, even. It's like it was probably only because he felt pressured because of my parents being so upset, you know. And I was okay with that. I'm still okay with that. You know, like, it is what it is. Even if he did feel forced to act like he cared a little bit, or even though the phone conversation was like, you know, the pleading for my mom, even though I already knew that like the words that he spoke, like, well, in probably the nicest way that he could probably think of. But I think long story short, the message was like, realistically, like, I'm an embarrassment. And I am not worthy or deserving to move forward from this. And that I've just basically cast shame and humility and embarrassment to the whole entire family. And that if something did ever happen to my dad, God forbid, or my mom's health, that it would obviously be my fault, like 99%, you know, and that I would never be forgiven or spoken to or like, you know, acknowledged even for that matter as being his big sister. But at the end of the day, like, I'm okay with that. And I have come to terms with that. And I've accepted that because regardless of whether you're close to your siblings or not, like when you are fresh into recovery, like everything is so fucking raw and intense and extreme. Like your emotions are through the fucking roof. Cause like for me personally, the pain pills like numbed me. They numbed everything. They numbed my soul, my happiness, my sadness, my stress, my anxiety, my everything. I was just like a shell of a person. So when you're freshly like feeling like these emotions are coming at you left and right, like punches of the stomach, but you know, when you're already at rock bottom, like, but you've made the commitment and the promise to yourself to recover, nothing that anyone could ever possibly say could make you feel any worse or less about yourself than you already do. So as fucked up as it is, and like as painful as it is to digest, you know, that your only sibling sees you as a peasant, like not even just like a burden, an outcast, like a loser that isn't deserving to even be in the same space as them or to share the last name or like, it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. But like, I don't know. I just, I'm okay with it. I was okay with it. I'm still okay with it. Does it bother me? Of course. Like, of course, but I just think that we cannot change other people. We can only change ourselves. And like I said in the other episode, you know, people that live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones and people that come off as like judgmental or pushy or like one up or better than, or just very, very, very opinionated and stubborn. 
I could be wrong, but I'd say nine times out of 10, those are the people that need the most healing. Those are the people that have their emotions and their emotional health like so far on the back burner and just tucked away, pushed to the side, way back down in there that they like don't even have the ability to access those emotions like readily or they choose not to. And those are the people... I don't care how happy you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how good you have it in life. I don't care what you've accomplished. Those are the people that when they shut their eyes at nighttime, they feel it. Like they feel that just like heavy weight deep down in there of just bottled up emotions and bottled up trauma and bottled up hurt that they just care to not acknowledge. So you can, you can live a life like that. I'm sure you can. And I'm sure you can live a happy life like that. But I feel like they're always going to know deep down that like something's missing or they're going to not have that like fulfilled, truly blissful happiness. And like, you know, then you have me on the opposite side of the spectrum where it's like, I fuck up a lot. I have fucked up a whole lot in my life, but I would much rather be broke as a joke and happy as a lark than to be vice versa. Like living in the present, enjoying the beautiful day. I have beautiful fucking children that I bust my fucking ass to like be a good parent and to protect them from what they need to be protected from and to instill the lessons and the morals and the, you know, the traits that are going to make them better people. I mean, you know, whoever can talk whatever shit about they want about my parenting, but like my oldest has straight A's, one B plus. My younger two are very, very intelligent. They are very bright. They are respectful. They are kind. They use their manners. They are just bubbly, happy little souls. And so, yeah, like I may have fucked up a lot of my life and I may be a loser and I may be a piece of shit, but I'm a damn good mom and nobody can ever take that away from me. And I could care less. And it's very, very unfortunate like if any of you can relate or if you have, it doesn't even have to be a sibling. I mean, even like any situation, like to, to not be involved in each other's lives, regardless of how different you are. Like, I don't know. I just, part of me feels like that has to affect people deep down in a way, one way or another, like, cause I know that it bothers me personally, like that my children don't even know his name. They don't remember his name. They remember his wife's name because she's amazing and she's the shit, but they don't acknowledge him. They don't like, and I'm sorry, but like, you don't get to come into someone's like life and demand respect and like authoritative type of figure and then get feeling type of way when like my kids look at you and like, don't answer or don't look at you or like try to not even, they try to avoid it altogether because I can feel their awkwardness because it's like, I don't know. You got to give respect to get it. And when you are so far away and blocked off to begin with, it makes it impossible to communicate with, to bond with, to feel like, I don't know. Like when I think of an adult in a child's life, for example, like, I don't know. I guess that's like a whole rant. I guess I'll save that for another day. Anyways, enough about that. We'll keep moving forward here. Um, uh, let's see here. What did I want to end this with? Um, 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 
I don't know. I guess I do want to add though really quick because I don't want him to, I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable again. And I feel bad for even talking about this on here. But then the other part of me is like, maybe one of you guys are dealing with something similar, or maybe you are the sibling that is the black sheep or the fuck up or the disappointment. And like, it's okay to be that person. Somebody's got to do the job. And like, if, if that, if that, you know, gives you some kind of just like acceptance or makes you realize that like, it's okay to not be freaking on your fucking game at all times. That's okay. But I just know that regardless of whether it was sincere or not, I do appreciate that phone call in that on that day four years ago. And like, I do still think about that also from time to time. And like, you know, Maybe someday when he has kids or a family, maybe it will give him a whole new perspective on like everything that I hope that it changes or comes around. Or I hope that like for my parents' sake, at least that they can go to sleep at night knowing that like he doesn't hate my fucking guts and think I'm like the scum of the earth, whether he does or not. I mean, I don't care either way, but deep down, I just, I really, really hope that that particular amend can be made and that bond can be, I mean, not even rebuilt, but just to have some type of healthy relationship and to have that comfort knowing that like, you know, we're blood relations related. And like, that means something to me anyways. Like, I don't know. Anyways, moving on. Um, I guess really that was it. I don't know, but read here. I think I wrote one more thing in here. I just wanted to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to me and hear my story. So I I feel like we all need to come together and heal each other and heal ourselves and commit, commit to your ascension and your awakening. Even if you don't want to awaken, like I said earlier, just like be strong and be fierce and be comfortable and confident with the person that you are. And you know, the, like what you bring to the table, even if it's nothing, like even if you're just showing up to the table is all you are able and capable of doing right now, that's okay. And if anybody else says it's not, fuck them. I hope that everybody has the courage to acknowledge what needs to be acknowledged and is capable of looking at things from a different perspective and just stick up for yourself for God's sake. Stick up for yourself against assholes, against jerks at work, against even your own demons and like, you know, like your shoulder, the demon on your shoulder, like take control of your life and do the right thing and stay true to yourself. And if you have children, go outside and play with them. Be present, get on your hands and knees, sit on the ground, paint rocks, do whatever, because it's really easy and time goes really fast. And before you know it, like in the blink of an eye, like myself included, like I just noticed the other day, I'm like, God damn, my kids are growing fast. Like they're having a growth spurt or something. But it just made me like think like, I'm never going to get these days back and I'm never going to get these, this time back. And so like, I want to soak in as much of this as I possibly can. And I can't 
make those memories the same way that I can right now, like while they're young. So, you know, it's our job as parents to just to be the world to your kids. Your kids are going to think that you're the world regardless of whether you're doing good or doing bad. So it's your job to provide them, like I said earlier, with a childhood that they don't have to recover from. I know it's easier said than done. We're all allowed to have shitty days. We are all allowed to fall apart and, you know, just dip down in there. As long as you're ready and prepared to freaking start pedaling to get back up at the top, you'll make it and you will get through it. Um, I have faith in you just like I had faith in myself. And, you know, four years ago, I would have never expected or imagined like for my life to be here where it particularly is doing this podcast and making content on social media platforms and like offering services and like being a light worker and an intuitive energy healer and like having the confidence and the strength and like the gifts and like the passion, like to back it up is just beautiful. It's a beautiful ass thing. And I'm so thankful and appreciative and show so much gratitude, you know, to father sky and mother earth and Gaia divine heaven, God, whatever you want to call it. I really hope that you all take the time to find out what heaven or God is to you individually. I really, really hope that everyone does. Even if you just, even if you're an atheist altogether, like maybe just try to believe in like your own higher self. Like, I don't know. We all have to do this together. And if you are interested in any of the services that I offer, um, you can go I think I had them posted on my Facebook page or honestly, I've here lately, I feel the need to just kind of go like on a more individual rate, like per individual. So like I will tap into your energy. I will ask what you are wanting to get out of this reading, whether it's just like specifically intuitive energy healing, or if you would like a tarot and Oracle card reading, or if you would like me to do a cleansing with crystals and herbs, you know, it will all depend on the amount of things that you need worked on and, you know, the time amount, but I will work with you. We will negotiate, you know, I want to help those that want to be helped. Like, so if that's, you know, you hit me up, don't hesitate, don't be shy, don't second guess, just send it. And I will get back to you as soon as possible. And we will figure out and we will get you on the right track and then we'll go from there. But you guys have a lovely rest of your day or night or morning, whatever. And we will be, I'll be back soon.